Hey everybody, this is an introduction to ION 2020, the first couple episodes I'm going to tag this introduction to, just because when I first started podcasting, I was really new to it, and I didn't understand how sound worked, I didn't really understand the format of podcasting and so forth, so if you'll bear with me on the first 15 to 20 shows or so, I guarantee if you get through those ones, you'll uh, start enjoying a lot of the topics that we cover on this show. I do have a Monday through Friday show, so if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do that as well. You can listen to the newer episodes, but if you're one of those people that starts at episode one and then goes through, just keep that in mind that I was brand new to podcasting at the time, and I'd really appreciate you subscribing to the show, though. I welcome you to listen to another perspective on the 2020 election. I take a libertarian take on these things, and if you like to hear a different take on the 2020 election then definitely this is a place for you, okay? So thank you for joining me, and uh, go ahead and subscribe to the show so you can hear the show tomorrow, the brand new shows that we put out day in and day out, Monday through Friday, okay? Have 2020 Vision with Eye on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead-up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. on 2020 and the election coming up for president, I am curious if this government shutdown is going to give Donald Trump more negative ratings with the voting public. Thinking about this whole scenario and, you know, his he, he ran on this campaign of getting elected and he was going to do certain things and one of them was, you know, they was going to build this wall. I remember watching some of these campaign rallies and the people start chanting, build that wall, build that wall. And his his voter base is totally for having a border wall. Libertarians, I think libertarians are typically divided on it. And that's normal. Libertarians are divided on just about everything that we believe from abortion right down to um, whether you should have taxes on everything. I mean, there's nothing that libertarians aren't divided on. And I mean, one thing that his constituency, though, Trump's constituency was completely for is this whole idea of building the wall. Um, You know, that's something that he promised and he's looking to deliver, I suppose. Now, he hasn't really worked on it for the last two years. I don't think it's been a huge issue. But I think when it comes down to it, he had certain things that he was promising his constituents and you know he's he hasn't gotten rid of Obamacare um, he hasn't really worked too hard on that supposedly he took the teeth out of it I don't know I mean that's that's not something that um, I I don't think that government ever goes away once it gets started so you're always gonna have some form of Obamacare out there you might take the teeth out of it you might take the penalty away um, but until the Supreme Court 
you know, rules that invalid or illegal or whatever, you're going to have some form of Obamacare out there and the next president can put the teeth right back into it just as easy as Donald Trump took the teeth out of it, supposedly, is what he said. But I mean, he's, he's done a lot of things that, or he claims credit to a lot of things that he's promised uh, in the during his campaign, lowering taxes, uh, but the one thing that's sitting out, oh, and he did the tariffs and all that, and, you know, he started this trade war, and his constituents were all about this trade war, and he talked about that during the campaign, I mean, I think the first time he came out and announced he was going to be running for president, he brought up China, and China's destroying us, and China's taking all of our jobs, and, you know, all the all this stuff that populists say, and so he's, he, he, he started these tariffs and his constituents were happy about that. Now the mainstream media, obviously, and most of the media, uh, they, you know, were up in arms about it. And all you hear about is, I mean, you're constantly, they're just, everything that he does is wrong, which um, whether you like him or not, you know, some things that he did may have been good. Like, you know, supposedly these tax cuts were good. Um, I haven't seen anything yet. And it doesn't really help me out per se, but you're looking at Donald Trump and you know, the one thing that he has not delivered yet is this wall. And if you listen to the likes of like Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, all these conservative pundits that are out there, the talking heads, they all support him in this, this wall building fiasco that's going on in Washington. And actually, you know, I don't call it a fiasco because all Washington is is a fiasco, whether they're, whether they're in session or not, whether the government is supposedly closed, which it's not really closed anyway. Uh, but all government is a fiasco when you really look at it. So, but there is a, there is a, you know, that's the news of the day right now is whether Donald Trump is doing the right thing with trying to keep the government shut down until he gets that five point something billion dollars that he wants to build this wall. And is that going to affect him going forward in the campaign to get reelected? That's what I'm wondering. Is this going to do more damage to him or is it going to help him? And let's be honest with Donald Trump, you never know what's going to happen. And I mean, no one thought he was going to get elected. I, I kind of had some suspicion that he might, you know, get the Republican nomination but I, I didn't think that he'd get elected against Hillary Clinton. And right down to the end, I mean, all the polls had Hillary Clinton up on him uh, by, you know, sometimes double-digit numbers. Uh, nobody expected Hillary Clinton to lose. Very, I mean, not even, very few Republicans even believed that he was going to win. But they still voted for him. People came out for the guy in droves. So you never know what's going to happen. So is this going to affect his re-election campaign or not? I have no idea. That is so hard to predict with this guy because just when you think he's down, he gets back up and, and starts, you know, starts winning. So his his supporters love him. They absolutely do. And, you know, those that even some I even hear libertarians talking, you know, there there's there's good things and bad things about the guy, and it's true. You know, there's you know, he does some very libertarian-ish type things sometimes. Um, I like the fact that he's pulling away from 
the, the Syria campaign that's going on over there. Um, he's, you know, talking about ending some of the wars, ending some of the foreign interventions. I think that's a good thing. I don't know if the deep state's going to allow him to do it. Um, he's going to have to put up a huge fight against it because as soon as he says something about pulling out of Syria, then they bring up the fact that, you know, you can't put a timeline on it. And even you said that when Barack Obama was going to put a timeline on it. So then the timeline that he has of a couple months in Syria and then being out goes away. And then, you know, the deep state just goes off and does what they're going to do. They just continue to pound away at in these foreign intervention, in, the, in these wars of foreign intervention. And, you know, but that's something that Donald Trump has, he, you know, he's consistently over the last couple of years, he has brought up, you know, the idea of winding down the foreign interventions. And I think that's a good thing. Libertarians typically do think that's a good thing. Now, the funniest thing I've ever found with this whole scenario is that you get the anti-war liberals that are all about staying in Syria now. And that's just because anything that Trump does, they want to be, they want to do the complete opposite of it. So, I mean, he could start talking about, uh, we're going to buy, we're going to, you know, give out free education. We're going to pay off all of the, all of the student loans of all the, all the college students. If he starts saying that, I think liberals would, you know, start going against him on that as well. Like he, no matter what he does, they just want to do the opposite, which I think is absolutely hilarious. And then the even more funny thing is the hypocrisy on the right with the with the Republican pundits, the people in on Fox News are all about pulling out of Syria now. They are talking about pulling back and being anti you know anti interventionists, taking care of America first. The whole thing is just completely complete hypocrisy, right? And on both sides, you have the Democrats and the Republicans just flip-flopping on their stance just because Donald Trump goes off and says he wants to pull out of Syria. I mean, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I just thought it was the funniest thing just listening to what these people are saying. And I don't watch the news that often. I don't watch Fox News. I don't watch MSNBC. I don't watch CNN very often. But when this happened, I just wanted to see what they were going to say. I just, <clears throat> I went to... Fox News, I went to MSNBC, I went to CNN, I watched them for a little while just to see what they're going to say. And it was just the most hilarious thing watching them talking about how, you know, this McMaster guy, he retiring or turning into his resignation, was going to, you know, be devastating for our country. He was the sole person that was the voice of reason within the administration. It was just absolutely hilarious listening to this. But that being said, you know, Donald Trump has done a few good things, but when it really comes down to it, you know, he's still, he's using the state as a, as initiator of force. And that's what he's trying to do. I mean, that's what all statists do. And that's what all people that are for intervention within the U.S. economy and so forth. I mean, Donald Trump putting these tariffs on these foreign, you know, foreign made products and so forth, using Americans essentially as a pawn in his battle, you know, to me, I just don't think that's that's good policy. Um, you should have free trade. Now, we're in a realistic world here, right? Um, other countries are going to put trade barriers upon Americans. But, I mean, I think that there's good evidence that says that you just open up the borders to free trade 
and you're going to have, you know, it's going to benefit the people. I mean, look at all the products that are made in China. We get them cheaply sent into America and, you know, we get to buy TVs and iPhones and so forth at a fraction of the cost that they otherwise would cost. And then the productivity that goes along with that as well. You have an iPhone that helps you to have so much more productivity than what we would have had 10, 12 years ago with the flip phones. All you can do is talk and text on those. Now you can literally, you know, I mean, on my iPad right now, you can literally make a podcast on an iPad. You can do all kinds of things on an iPad and on a phone that you couldn't do, you know, 10 to 12 years ago. And it's just made Americans enormously more productive and unproductive in some ways as well when you really look at it. But, but still, I mean, you cannot, you can't look at cheaper goods as a bad thing. And you hear, you know, some of the conservative pundits that are trying to support the tariffs and so forth. And they, and they would say, you know, all this so we can have cheaper iPhones. We're going to sell out the American worker for cheaper iPhones. Well, those cheaper iPhones have made a lot of people's lives a lot better. So I think what Trump has done with some things has been good. Some things has been very negative um, on this border wall thing. I just think his supporters are going to support him in it. They absolutely will. So he's not going to lose on that. Does he gain any new supporters on it? I'm not sure if that's the case. But he definitely doesn't want to lose his supporters that he has on this issue of the wall. So if he goes into the next campaign and he's talking about all the good that he's done, but he didn't get the wall, all they're going to do is talk about the wall. Now, he's going to win if he, even if he doesn't get the wall now because he fought the good fight for this wall and he'll be able to put that up on his resume and say, I did everything I can to, to get the wall. I did everything I can. We shut down the government for a month, two months, however long it happens to be. I shut down the government. I fought the good fight. They just wouldn't budge. I tried to negotiate. But I got a little. And then when he gets his, you know, 1.2 billion or his 2.2 billion or whatever the negotiated number is, <clears throat> he'll be able to say that he got at least something and he put up the good fight. So all he's going to do is win when it really comes down to it in this scenario because he's not going to lose his, his base. And his base is huge. You know, probably 30% of the Republican base or 30% of the Republicans are that base that are going to, you know, they're going to be the ones that are out there knocking on doors for the sky now. They're going to be the ones that are talking, you know, going to those rallies and getting excited about, you know, re-electing Donald Trump because of all the great things that he's done for America or whatever. And so all he's going to do is win in this scenario because of that. Um, but if he didn't get the wall, if he didn't put up the fight, then he would look like a hypocrite. And I think so. I think politically speaking... It's a good thing in his world that he's going for that wall. It's going to be a good thing for his 2020 election hopes. Um, I mean, he, he wasn't shy about talking about putting up a wall during the campaign at all. You, you're, you're listening to this guy speak, and he talks about the wall constantly. We need to put up a wall between America and Mexico because we have a flood of immigrants coming in. We have heroin dealers, we have cocaine dealers smuggling drugs and people across that border. He talked about that constantly during the campaign. 
So it's no surprise when he tries to get this wall. So people voted for him in droves in these in these states, you know, that, that some, some of them hardly ever vote Republican at all. And he won Michigan, he won Ohio. You know, Michigan, was, I think, was the big one that he won that um, was the most important because typically they do vote Democrat over there. But, I mean, he was able to get that Rust Belt voter that is, you know, against these cheap foreign workers coming in and stealing their jobs, blah, 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 all that stuff, right? He's against that, um, and that that's what that voter is going to vote for. So look at Donald Trump, the guy, you know, whether you love him or hate him, I'm usually neutral when it comes to just about every political candidate, um, just because I consider myself a libertarian and... Uh, but I, I look at it from a perspective of, is it going to benefit him or not? And I think that in the end, it really does benefit him to have, you know, to be fighting this fight for this wall. So I've been looking up some stuff with regards to Trump's approval ratings over the last uh, several years. And he seems to be neck and neck with, uh, with Barack Obama, according to the Rasmussen polls that they have. Uh, for the last several years, he's the last several years, uh, Donald Trump has had higher approval ratings than Barack Obama among likely voters. Uh, but I mean, for the last, for the first year or so, President Trump was beating Barack Obama in approval overall approval ratings. Like when he first got elected, um, you know, nearly seventy percent of people approved of of his job. And for Barack Obama, it was around, you know, 55, 55% or so. Barack Obama spiked up to almost 60% right off the bat, but then started dropping significantly over the first couple, for the first year or so. Whereas Donald Trump dropped heavily right off the bat, went from almost 70% down to 60%. And then it's just sort of steadily declined, steadily declined since then, um, down to around where he's at today, about 48% approved. But he's still, what was it, or excuse me, it's uh, 40, as of January 3rd, 2019, his approval rating is at 47%, and that is in the midst of the government shutdown, uh, whereas Barack Obama on January 3rd, 2011, two years into his term, was at 47% also. So he's neck and neck with Barack Obama at two years in, a little over two years in, and so I'm looking over another thing on RasmussenReports.com, and that's the Rasmussen polls that you always hear of on Fox News, MSNBC, and so forth. And this particular, this particular approval index rating that I'm looking at is for voters who strongly disapprove of Donald Trump or ones that strongly approve of Donald Trump and how they rate within the last, it goes for the last two years, but I'm going to focus in on the last month or so because that's when the government shutdown happened and that's what this episode is all about. So if you, di if you dive in to the last couple of weeks, and I, I'm going to start off from um, December 21st, 2018. That's when we we're going into the government shutdown, you have 42% of people that strongly disapproved of Donald Trump, 
versus 34% of people who strongly approved of Donald Trump. That's when they were talking about the government shutdown. Now, once the government shutdown happens, December 27th, you have 33% of people strongly approve of Donald Trump. So less people approved of him as we went into the shutdown and more people strongly disapproved of him. Now there's only a one or 2% fluctuation in these numbers, so it's not that huge. It's more margin of error than anything else. I would imagine that changes these numbers. But if you look at December 27th, 33% of people strongly approved of the president. And then on January 3rd, 35% of people strongly approved of the president versus 44% or excuse me, I'm sorry, 44% strongly disapproving of him on the 27th of December versus 42% who strongly disapproved. Now, we're in the middle of the shutdown between 27th and the 27th of December and the 3rd of January, and we have more people who approved of him coming into the strongly approved number, and we have less people from the strongly disapproved from 40 to so 44 to 42. So, I think that overall, even though margin of error is, you know, plus or minus two or three percent, I'm sure, in this poll, you do have more people that are approving of the president because of the government shutdown, which to me, you do have his, you know, his major followers who are going to approve of him no matter what. He's, they're going to be 30 percent of those voters that are going to approve of Donald Trump no matter what. <clears throat> You're going to get the next group who kind of go in between approving or disapproving of him, um, but then you have the strongly approves who are going to be fluctuating as well, and those are those hardcore Democrats who would disapprove of him anyway, but you do have a few that are going to go from strongly disapprove to just disapprove, and those people are going to move in and out. There's going to be a certain amount of people that are like that as well, and that's usually probably based upon you know, the way the press is covering this issue and everything, but this hasn't seemed to hurt Donald Trump is what I'm getting at. You have a week into the government shutdown at that time, and it still hasn't really been a challenge to him in those numbers. So wrapping up this episode, episode three on I on 2020 podcast, I think I'm going to start up. A, I think I'm going to get myself a website going. I on 2020.com maybe is what it will be if it's if it's available. I'm not sure. I might do something else uh, with the eye on America or eye on foreign policy down the road, which will be some other podcast ideas that I've had. Um, I'm only on episode three of the eye on 2020 podcast. I would like to get some other some other material material out there for you guys as well. Um, I'm competing against all the other podcasts for your ears, and you know I hope that you would enjoy what I'm putting out. The main thing is I want to put out relevant information that will help you to make some good decisions going into 2020, give you some good arguments against and for some of these candidates uh, from a libertarian perspective, of course. Uh, I'm thinking about putting together a private Facebook group as well and share some information on there. You go from the website to the Facebook page. I'm going to probably get myself a Twitter page going as well. But for now, I'm just kind of you know, committing myself to getting a couple of podcasts out per week based upon the information coming out for the 2020 election. As we go further into the 2020 election, I may do a daily podcast 
just because there's going to be daily information coming out there. Do some specials with regards to the debates when they start coming out as well. Uh, really focusing on some of these third-party candidates that we're going to have. I'm really excited about putting together this podcast. It's really been fun the last couple of days doing it. And I have episode three getting ready now, and this is it. And uh, you know, I really hope that you guys can be excited for me as well, or for this podcast as well. It's going to be an interesting couple of years going forward, getting into the 2020 election. 2016 was a crazy year. I really enjoyed following the politics. It was fun. It was you know, comical at some points as well. And, you know, we got Donald Trump of all people, the reality star businessman, playboy. You know, he's now the president of the United States, the laughing stock of the world in some ways, but also, um, you know, he's been a disruptor in Washington, which is, you know, to me as a libertarian, that's definitely a good thing. You know, you get somebody that is not part of politics in there and he shakes things up. I think that's a good thing. It it puts a lot of, uh, it puts a lot of people on edge up there. I'm sure, and you never know what's going to happen day by day. It's it's really is a reality TV show in Washington, and let's be honest, it really makes people think about the legitimacy of their government. It really makes people think about the legitimacy of you know candidates and the system that we have as well. I think it's a good thing to stir that up because it makes people think. I mean, even my liberal friends, liberal relatives and so forth, you know, they're starting to think maybe we shouldn't give a president as much power as we gave, you know, Barack Obama because, you know, a president that is a bad person might use that to our detriment. So maybe we should pull away some of that executive power. And anytime you pull away executive power, anytime you pull away a little bit of power from Washington, I think that's a good thing. So having a disruptor up there is definitely a good thing. And the the press is beating up Donald Trump every single day, and that's fine. All it does is makes people think, maybe there's a little bit I should think about when it comes to giving more power to Washington. And as a libertarian, that's a good thing. So I'm excited for the next two years. This is gonna be interesting, this is gonna be fun. Uh, Eye on 2020 election is where you're going to find, Eye on 2020 podcast is where you're going to find all of the highlights from this election from a libertarian standpoint. I'm on episode three now. Hopefully we'll be on episode 300 by the time this election happens. And look out for more Eye on America, Eye on Foreign Policy, because those are things that I'm excited about as well. I look forward to spending the next couple of years with you guys on the Eye on 2020 podcast. Have a good day.